Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another wonderful episode of From the Margins. I'm your co-host, Violet. And I'm Connor. Hello, Connor. Hi. Connor, what are we discussing today? All right, Violet, I'm going to talk to you about Homestuck. Perfect. I'm currently stuck at home, so that's what that's really appropriate. Yeah, so many people are stuck at home right now, but none of them like John Egbert. I, I, isn't he the guy that ran for, like, president in 2008? I don't know. That's the name of my mom's boss, though. Oh, I'm thinking of John Edwards. Womp womp. Hey, look at all this low-hanging fruit on the ground. <laughs> anyway. anyway john egbert who is he what does he do Mm. i assume he has something to do with homestuck homestuck is a popular um web adventure series made by andrew hussey premiering on april 13th 2007 or was it 2009 oops i think it was 2009 actually Uh uh-oh rather than just talk about like plot summary and all of that what i thought would be an interesting way to enter this episode is to just talk about the mechanics of it the whole culture Mm -hmm. behind it right even if you've never heard of homestuck and have no desire to ever read it i'm still gonna make this fun for you so don't click off and violet since you don't know that much or really anything about it you just let me know if i'm being boring or if you have any more questions. Will do. I will jump in the moment I feel that is necessary. Okay, so the best way to read this is with absolutely no idea what's going on and just let the story like unfold and take you by surprise. What happens is the deeper you get into it, the more complex and interesting and exciting it is. But it really starts off as like a bunch of wacky misadventures. Because the whole thing is structured as like one of those old-timey video games where you type in the command for your character and then it displays a wall of text that shows what happens. Oh, like one of those text adventure games. It's literally a text adventure game, yes. That's what I should have said. There's a lot of trial and error in the beginning. It's like a really um, organic way to learn the rules of the universe because you just, you're stuck with this first kid, John Egbert, and it's his 13th birthday, but it's only today that he's been given a name because, I don't know, I guess it's a weird culture. So he gets his name. It's his birthday. He's waiting to play this video game and he has three other friends that he talks to on his like web client called Pester Chum. Because you're like pestering your chums. So let's just dive in. So, Violet, yes. have you played a lot of RPGs, like role-playing games? Uh, Not a lot of them, but I am familiar with them. Like, I've played a few. Okay, so what Homestuck does is it takes like some base mechanics of like video games in that vein and makes them overly complicated with a brand new vocabulary. So every time a character gets into a fight, it's called Strife. Mm-hmm. And... the weapons that your character um, equips it goes into an array of weapons called a strife specibus specibus i think it's a specibus like s-p-e-c-i-b-u-s i was about to say i'm trying to spell it in my head and i physically cannot think of how to spell that right so john fights with hammers so his strife specibus is allocated to hammer kind his goth friend Rose fights with needles. Um, they have this weeaboo anime nerd friend named Dave who fights with swords. And then later on you meet their fourth friend Jade, who's like a random astrophysicist living alone on a Polynesian island and she fights with rifles. <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. You, the characters have an inventory. This is used for like a lot of gags in the first act. 
their inventories are called their like capture logs all right this is getting way too mechanical but um this is just like to show you how bizarre this web series is um you have to capture log your inventory and every character has like a board game featured capture log system which means they can't actually pull items out of their pockets without serious consideration so that causes a lot of problems with john because he accidentally equips a bunch of different cakes and his he like shoves his inventory full of like these random birthday cakes and he's trying to like pull something important out of his inventory and he just ends up throwing cake everywhere. Connor, I'm not going to lie. This series feels like it is all over the place from the word go. It is bizarre. And then it just gets worse. Around Act 4, you're introduced to these people called trolls. Mm -hmm. And at first, they literally are just trolling the four main characters. Turns out they're actually an alien species from another planet. That's what makes them aliens. Gotcha. And they're called trolls. (coughs) And if you listen to our astrology episode, then you already know that there are 12 trolls and each one is based on a horoscope sign. Starting from Aries, you have Aradia, Tavros, Salix, Karkat, Nepeta, Kanaya... Tourette, Vriska, Equius, Gamzi, Eridan, and Feffery. I'm so sorry if my pronunciations don't match what is official or widely popular. It's alright, I'm sure somebody will roast you in the comments. The trolls exist in like this blood cast system where the rust bloods are the lowest, so that would be Aries. And the like the purple Feffery, she's like she's in line to be the next Empress because she's up the highest cast in the blood system. The entirety of the first part of Act Five is just the trolls and kind of like a prologue game to the humans game. Oh man, I skipped an important part. <laughs> so, remember when I said John was waiting to play a video game with his friends? Yes. So that game is called Esperb or Spurb. It's basically suburb with the first you taken out. Oh. And it's kind of like um the Sims, except what happens is one person is the client. So in the beginning John is the client. And his friend Rose is the server. I might have that backwards. But what happens is Rose is able to see John's house on her computer screen. And she's able to interact with his um, surroundings. Like she can pick stuff up. She can delete them and trade them for in-game currency. Interesting. But as soon as they start playing this game, meteor showers start falling all across the world. One such meteor is headed straight for John's house, and they accidentally resurrect his dead grandmother <laughs> through shenanigans. Just playful shenanigans, resurrecting And dads. at the end of Act 1, Rose is able to build John's house to like this point where he can pass through into a portal into another world. And then it becomes revealed that the purpose of the game is to get a group of players in a closed circuit to where everybody is both a server and a client to someone else. And once you've closed that circuit and all four of you pass into the different worlds, you then start the second phase of the game where you create your brand new universe. Weird. Weird, I know. So the trolls, these 12 trolls, they created our world, the human world, Earth. So the 12 of them were in their closed circuit 
they ended up creating a world by beating the game and that was the human's world so Mm -hmm. (coughs) i have a question yes even after closing that circuit and creating a new universe are they still under the control of someone else or or does the whole closed circuit thing just completely disappear so once you get into it's called the medium that's Mm -hmm. the space you transport into once you complete the first arc Mm -hmm. and once you're in the medium as the client you still have to be a server to somebody else to get them in so john by the end of the fourth act no actually it's not until act five that he manages to get jade who is the final of the four kids that's when he brings her into the medium so he still had to be by his computer helping build up her house and then once everybody's in the computer part of the game is basically over like you can mm-hmm. still use it to mine for in-game currency and build weapons and stuff so like your house will end up being like a home base because you end up buying all of these machines that let you create equipment and stuff right but the real point of the game which is what we'll get into now is more of the traditional rpg where everyone is given like it's called a role and an aspect now, mm-hmm. Violet, you're a little bit familiar with, like, aspects, right? Kind of, yeah. After our most recent episode, yes. Okay, so Violet and I did these, like, personality quizzes based on Homestuck to figure out... Um, well, it was to figure out something else, but along the way, they told us, you know, is our lunar sway towards Prospit or Durs, which I'll explain in a minute, and also what our aspect is, basically what our element is. So, Violet, what was your aspect? Oh, shoot. Um, I need to go back and look. You said... It was time. I remember. Mine was time. Yeah, you were time and I was heart. <laughs> so... Gotcha. Yeah. And unfortunately, we didn't find, like, a quiz that told us what our role was, which is basically the same as a class in an RPG. But there are 14 possible classes... <laughs> and 12 aspects and each one has an important role each well duh each role is integral to like beating the game and creating this new world you have the maid the page the mage the knight the rogue the sylph seer the thief the heir h-e-i-r the bard Mm -hmm. The prince, the witch, the lord, and the muse. Nice. Well done. Thanks. I was just, I put the 12 trolls in order and I tried to remember what their roles were. And then the other two are introduced much later. Could I remember the 12 aspects? I'd be impressed if you could. All right. So I'm just going to line up the trolls again. Aradia is the maid of time. Tavros is the page of breath. Mage of doom then blood, heart, space, then mind, then light, void, rage, hope, and life. Nice. Oof. Okay. And so, you know, your role is what you do, and your aspect is how you do it, right? Mm -hmm. John, the main character, he's the heir of breath, so he inherits breath. Which basically means what? I don't know. He can use wind powers. A lot of the puzzles he had to solve involved, you know, passing air and like being the lungs of the world. Um, Gotcha. Because whenever I first heard breath, my first thought was, how does that differentiate with life? mm -hmm. So life 
is literally like healing. Mm -hmm. There's a character introduced later named Jane, and she is the maid of life. And she is meant to like serve the purpose of, you know, bringing more life into the world because maids are servants. So she's serving life. Feffery is the witch of life. So whatever the witch role is supposed to do, she she's aspected by light or life. What? Anyway. So, okay. But now let's get to the real fun stuff, Violet. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we were at Winthrop together, do you remember any of my tirades about troll romance? <laughs> yes, I do remember your tirades about troll romance. Specifically going on a really particularly heated one at the Red Bull on Selenese. Exactly. So humans only understand love in a single dimension, mm-hmm. which is shown by like the use of the card suit heart. Mm-hmm. But trolls have different relations, have like different romance dynamics based on all four suits. I do remember this. This is really familiar. What humans call love, the trolls would call a mate sprit ship. And that is, you know, that's their heart quadrant. Um, Uh You and another troll love each other. And that's what locks you into that relationship. Directly opposite of the heart is the spade, which is basically hate, (laughs) right? Mm -hmm. It's like a hate mance, a rivalry. So that is, gosh, it's called a kissmissitude, like a kissmesis, like a nemesis, but with the word kiss at the beginning. (laughs) A kissmesis, I guess. That is the weirdest portmanteau I ever. It's like a kissmesis, but I always said kissmesis, and that's basically <laughs> like the person you hate in a romantic way. Gotcha. Mate spritz and kissmesises, <laughs> those represent the concupiscent <laughs> half of the quadrant. You need to have a mate sprit or a kissmesis in order to reproduce. I'm suddenly remembering all the times in high school and college when I would be in a biology class and I'd not know understand half of the words and I'd just feel like cool. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is like Troll Biology 300. Oh, God help me. I didn't even pass 201. So that half of the quadrant is called concupiscent because that will create um, offspring. Mm-hmm. The other half is the conciliatory half. So you have, so the top right, if the heart is the top left, that's called your flushed quadrant because it's like a deep red. Mm-hmm. And right next to it is like um, a pale red. Okay. And that is represented by the the clubs. What's the one with like three? That's clubs. It is clubs. Okay. Yeah. And what's the fourth one? Diamonds. Oh, wait, I'm thinking of diamonds. Okay. <gasps> right. Because hearts and diamonds are both red. So the diamond is called your auspicious, and they're meant to be like your best friend, your confidant. You go to them with all of your problems with your moirail or your lover, and they like, they pep you up, you know? Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're like the best friend. Gotcha. Next, in the bottom right, we have the, the clubs, and that is your, wait, no, I've messed it up. Ugh. Violet, yes. I messed it up. The diamond is your moi rail or your moi rail. Okay. Okay. Those are your best friends. Got it. And the mate's Brit is the lover. Okay. All right. Underneath the diamonds and to the right of the spade, you have the clubs. That's your auspicious. Okay. And what happens with the auspicious is there are three trolls. Two of them, two of them hate each other, but not enough to be viable 
kismesis kismesis because this is a very bad a very delicate thing it's like you have to hate a troll in a specific way in order to reproduce with them and if it's not a, if the hatred is not like romantically viable then you have to have you have to have a third troll who like mediates between you and that's your auspicious <laughs> god damn not this this makes me want to square off relationships forever and it's like why is this so important like why is there so much detail into this but literally so much of the trolls drama can only be understood by like viewing it through the lens of their very particular like romance culture because i kind of dig it they're a very bellicose warring tribe of aliens with like so many issues and they can't actually sexually reproduce. What happens is at the end of like um, a season, a giant robot will come by with a bucket and you're and you have to excrete you have to excrete like a reproductive fluid into the bucket. Right, like humans. Yeah. <laughs> but the only way you can excrete that fluid is if you've filled your quadrants. Like you have to have a mate spritz. And the two of you will then be able to excrete that fluid. And if you have your kismesis, the two of you would then be able to, you know. Son, no dessert until you fill your quadrants. Yeah. Well, all of the adult trolls are off the planet. They're off, like, in spaceships fighting intergalactic wars. So it's basically, it's literally just a planet of a bunch of, like, hormonal teenagers running around trying to figure out, you know, their feelings. Oh, God. Can you imagine? With absolutely no adult supervision. It's like Lord of the Flies with aliens and girls. Yep. Oh, also, um, there's no such thing as, like, heterosexuality or homosexuality. Because every troll is a viable reproductive partner. Because you don't reproduce through sex. Nice. So, um, you still have masculine and feminine coded trolls. But, like, gender doesn't actually matter. Even though gender does kind of matter for some reason. Like, there are still, like, ginger rolls, and Vriska, the Scorpio troll, will, like, tell Carcat to stop being such a girl. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But literally, it has no bearing on their, like, reproduction, so it's like, why do they have these ginger rolls, and why do they have, like, ideas on what a boy and a girl should be? Right. Especially since it's a matriarchal power structure in the first place. Like, they have an empress. Anyway. God, that's weird. So now we begin my anthropological cultural examination. Just kidding. So any questions, Violet? Connor, I have every question. That's the problem. Lord help me. This was just drinking from a fire hose, which trust me, I am very happy to do. But it's just, woof. I still am every bit as lost. I mean, granted, I have more perspective. Here's a question that I know is going to be like a huge... It's a subjective question, but still one I'd like to hear your thoughts on. Hit me. Connor, what is the reason it's such an appealing series to you? To me? Oh, I -hmm. just, I love the drama. I love the characters. If you go back and listen to our, like, positivity in the time of COVID episode, you'll hear me, like, talk about um, the art behind it. Um the way like he the author gives each character their own personality quirk and typing quirk and their own like specific grammar Mm -hmm. like it's such solid characterization where by the end of the series you have like a hundred characters um and each one feels distinct there's like no overlap 
there's a little overlap because they're like mothers, fathers, and daughters and sons. You know, there are some things that are different, but they all have their own nuance. And there's so much drama in Act 5, Part 2. Suddenly, cast members will start dropping dead. Oh, God. Yeah. So massive spoilers upcoming. But like what was really fun about the introduction of the trolls is knowing that each one is associated with an astrological sign. So obviously Mm -hmm. you pick your favorites based on like, you know, who you are. And, you know, I was lucky enough to be born a Scorpio because Vriska is the queen. She's, oh my gosh, how is she introduced? She's like the creepy bitch or something. The crazy bitch. It's like, be the... So her quirk is that she replaces every use of the letter B or any like long A sound with an eight. (laughs) And then because she's like spider themed, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, she's a scorpion, but she's spider themed. So she has, she's like fixated on the number eight. God, she just drives the plot so much. And she's uh, a huge bully. Her best friend is the Libra troll, Terezzi. And the two of them used to flarp, which is kind of like LARPing, but for trolls. I was about to say, I was like, what in the actual fuck is a flarp? And it involves like actual bloodshed. Like you end up killing your, your, like (laughs) your opponent. Like you actually kill them and feed them to your giant pet. (laughs) See, now that's the kind of LARPing I want to watch. So the, so Aradia the Ares troll and Tavros the Taurus troll were like the opponents of Terezzi and Vriska. Vriska took it too far and she like mind controlled Tavros to jump off a cliff and he ended up becoming paralyzed. Oh my God. So as revenge, Aradia, who can speak to the dead, summoned all the ghosts of all the trolls that Vriska has killed in the past to haunt her. So she, to get revenge, she brainwashes the Gemini troll who is dating Aradia, the Ares troll. She brain controls him to go and kill Aradia. <laughs> And then Terezzi's like, oh my god, it's gone too far. So she blows up Vriska's house. And Vriska loses eight of seven of her eyes. <laughs> oh my god, please tell me and she her wears arm. seven eye patches. Huh? Does she at least wear seven eye patches? So she had two eyeballs, but one of the uh-huh. eyeballs had seven pupils. Oh, gotcha. So she just loses... It's basically just like one eye. <laughs> gotcha. And then... Fast forward a bit. They're playing the game now for real. Aradia is like still around as a ghost. Equius built like a robot body for her ghost to like possess, but he programmed it so that it would be in love with him. <laughs> so he starts dating robot Aradia. And then she like break she like gains sentience and breaks free and just goes and kills Vriska. <laughs> oh, and it turns out Vriska was actually in love with Tavros. <laughs> so Okay, no, this is just getting too crazy now but yeah people start dying and it's a it's dramatic and the cancer troll is the only troll who doesn't die at least once that's a lie he died at least he died in an alternate timeline that couldn't actually happen so like you see it and then the narrator's like that can't happen he's a main character so he like rewinds it a little bit and vriska dies instead (laughs) but vriska comes back oh fuck game of thrones this is the real stuff i i say so yes where is this where is this streaming adaptation? Honestly, yeah. Crunchyroll, get on it. Oh my god, Homestuck the anime. The entire final act is a like a 30-minute anime. Oh my god. It's not voiced though, it's just custom animation and art with like a killer background music. Gotcha, that's still pretty good. Mm-hmm. 
Connor, I don't even know where to begin. Again, that it's just also I'm noticing the waveforms as I just said that look like little spiders, and that's impressive. <laughs> I am glad we're talking about this though because it seems like, based on my understanding of Homestuck, it is very much a boomerang series that it might like go docile for a little while, but it will come back and be relevant again in like a year or two. Mm-hmm. Especially because didn't he just come out with the sequel? Right, the sequel is uploading now like it's not one thing that's been published but it's like publishing by chapters right but the sequel's actively being put out there oh lord! and there's a video game that you can buy like official uh there were homestuck references in adventure time there were yep i can't really remember them now but i think um you remember i talked about the giant robot with the bucket yes i think that that's referenced in like um in a adventure time episode like there's a pale night or something gotcha if you look closely in the background of princess bubblegum's lab you see like a vriska poster mm-hmm. marceline wait i don't know which one came first but um either marceline wears an outfit that is inspired by vriska or vriska was first made to look like marceline because they have like the same hair and gray skin and um gray top blue jeans and red shoes look gotcha but yeah i think as a nod to homestuck in one episode marceline wears a vriska inspired outfit Mm -hmm. like it pervaded the culture pretty drastically so i'm seeing i'm like looking up the different references right now i saw what you're talking about with the bucket night too (laughs) hee hee i forgot about that character it's been so long oh i need to go back and watch adventure time connor yeah. Is there anything else you really think you need to say to sell the idea of Homestuck or to encapsulate what it is to read and experience Homestuck? Not really. If you want, I can talk about my personal journey with it. Go for it, please. So I only discovered it because like my high school girlfriend at the time put me onto it. And then I shared it with all of my friends and it like pretty much dictated my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. Like um, my friend Mickey and I, we were obsessed. We even like took our obsession at into Winthrop with us. Aww. And we were like making homestuck jokes with each other. And like we made friends with like other losers on the basis of homestuck. I don't think I made any online friends through homestuck. I made like some online enemies. <laughs> you know, I learned astrology because of homestuck. Um, I learned how to, it was the only online community I ever It was the only fandom I was ever, like, a part of, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, Because I never cared about anything that much ever again. Maybe Teen Wolf, but all I did was read um, fan fiction. I never, like, (sighs) talked to other people. (laughs) Mickey and I did, like, a Homestuck roleplay once. That never went anywhere. We used to pester chum the chat client the characters use. We actually, Mm -hmm. like, found a copy of it online, and, like, we used it to talk to each other a lot. That's awesome. So, yeah, Homestuck love it ah sharing fandoms is such a magical thing i was gonna say musical thing it's sadomasopedo robo necro bestiality the quintessential cornerstone of carnal cordiality exemplary of exquisite delectable depravity sadomasopedo robo necro bestiality that was lovely thanks mick i almost said mitski (laughs) mickey (laughs) mickey my 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 friend mickey she and I learned the words to that song and made our own video of it. Oh my god, please tell me that video still exists. Um, I think it was on Tumblr and I deleted my account. Oh, bless. Yeah, sorry. You could have seen me yeah. in high school. I've seen several pictures of you in high school and I can just imagine you singing that and it's like the most precious thing in the world. Yeah. I'm cuter now though. I'm only getting Agreed. better with age. 
Uh, you're aging like wine. Thanks. And I'm whining with age. <laughs> I did not think of that joke before the words came out of my mouth. I'm very impressed. I'm very happy now. This makes up for that John Edwards comment. <laughs> well, I'm done if you are. I think I'm done too. I don't really have any pressing questions. Uh, thank you, Connor. I We talked about it last episode. I asked you to do an episode and damn if you didn't. I am so impressed and so thankful. Thank you, Connor. Thank you, Violet. Of course. Now you get to make a request of me to do an episode at some point. Hell yes. All right. If that's all, then I think we should sign off. All right. All right. Love you, babes. Bye. Bye.